What's up, y'all, and welcome back to the Mayfair Witches Discussion Podcast. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and we're going to have to have a talk today. Okay, so Mayfair Witches, um, now at the time of this recording, is on episode four. Now, my intention with this podcast was to discuss another leg of the Immortal Universe, the Anne Rice AMC Collaborative Universe, and uh, to go episode by episode. I was um, going to go through episodes two, three, and four separately, go do a, a quick little breakdown, try to make it a much shorter uh, episode length than I usually have here on the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. And within doing this research, instead of taking the time to watch one episode, then record, and then watch one episode of record, I said, I'll go ahead and I'll knock out two, three, and four. And in the midst of doing that, I'll write down themes and things that stood out from each episode and kind of do it that way, then jump back on on episode five and do episode by episode. My mind has changed severely. So in watching the first episode of Mayfair Witches, I was not blown away, but I saw the potential. For me, this is still a supernatural show uh, set in New Orleans with magic afoot. And, you know, I'm all for it. I held out on the hopes that perhaps one of our vampire cast members from Interview with the Vampire may show up. And a lot of the grace that I've given this show has been off the strength of Interview with the Vampire. But I this I'm not going to continue this show. I'm just not going to do it. So within watching the second episode entitled The Dark Place, I live tweeted both The Dark Place and the third episode's second line. And... I'll say this. I already had an issue with the first episode. Now, I have I'm going to go through and explain my issues. But at the same time, I do want to express that I have not read the Mayfair Witches series. So for me, even with things that doesn't sit that well right to me, I was able I was going to give it a little bit more grace than I would for something else, like just some random TV show or movie. Because in my mind, Anne Rice has been writing books forever and a day. And there are stands and fans of her properties. And I've even seen some of her work adapted. And things are going to be different on screen than they are from the books. For me, it's just figuring out what things are different, why are they different, and does the differences work? So in the midst of that, I feel like I could give these, this series a little bit more grace than I could, than I would for something else. And I would, I would be okay with that. With the mom, the adoptive mom, this black woman dying in the first episode for me, that was an issue, but it was something that I could kind of put in my back pocket and see how it unfolded. Because for all I know, she was going to come back in flashbacks throughout the season, maybe in a, I don't know, astro projected form. You know, I didn't know much about the series. So I'm like, hey, you know, she might come back. Who knows? But being the only black woman on the series in episode one and then having her dead, it's like, eh, okay, y'all. Okay, so Cyprian Greaves was the one character who had me um, pretty much ready to, to to stay. He was my reason for staying because I'm like, okay, it's unfortunate that mother is gone, but she may turn up. Let's deal with Cyprian and his um, fantastical role. And now my love for Cyprian or my interest in him 
proved to not be enough. So episode two was pretty good. I feel like it did a good job at showing Rowan stress. Um, after her mother died, she called the adoptive agency inquiring about her adoption, maybe finding her birth parents. And the one line that stuck out to me, and it's not, I don't think it's because of anything significant for the rest of the series. It was mainly for this specific episode, but she's on the phone with the agent. And she's like, I'm looking for such and such information about my birth parents and my adoption uh, back in 1991. And the lady on the phone was like, oh. 91 girl we didn't open it to 1995 you must have a wrong number and so i did like that because i felt like though everybody was gaslighting and lying to this damn woman her experiencing the effects after the fact when you don't have anyone else to turn to to talk to to inquire about this that was good and i think the actress playing Rowan did a pretty good job. Now, I didn't think she was the strongest actress, but I think for what I saw, she was okay. Um, and in not having experienced the books and this being the only Rowan fielding that I know, eh, I wasn't excited about it, but I was willing to give her a shot because every everything's not going to hit on the first, second, or third watch. Even with music, sometimes there's songs that you hear, and you're like, no. Like, I, um, a friend of mine loves Tony Braxton. And I love Tony Braxton, too, but he loves Tony Braxton. And there are some songs of hers that I like, but there are songs of hers that I don't have any issue with at all. But when I hear them on my own, I'm like, eh, this is good. But when I hear them in his radio, oh, no, I have to play this song, and it's so silly, but sometimes that happens, so I'm not, my, I don't know, melancholy about her performance, I think is okay, because, again, she could have maybe turned it around for me in a couple episodes, but she is dealing with the stress of having lost her mother, being kind of already dealing with like what I'm going to say is mental health stuff, even though we know it's magic and witch stuff. But as far as she know, being a woman of science and not even being remotely familiar with magic as it actually exists in this world, I'm going to say it's mental health issues. Um, her dealing with that, dealing with the loss of her mom, and then coming to terms with the fact that your mom has been lying to you for years. Now her, I'll say the sympathy and empathy that I have for Rowan kind of stops there. She is a murderer, albeit by, I don't want to say accident. I'll say by divine accident. I'll just say that because it's not, I, I think that with humans, we have intrusive thoughts and sometimes, you know, you may get scolded by a parent or by a authority figure or by a boss. And you may be like, Oh, if I could just punch this motherfucker in the face, but you won't do it because we understand that's not what you do. And also you don't want to end up, um, you know, being arrested or anything. So I feel like her actions when she killed these people were more or less a natural human reaction to being frustrated with the situation you're in, but not knowing that she had that magical powers and shit, she still killed these people. Like I'm not, she's like killed two people, gave the girl in elementary school a seizure, I believe, and almost killed the psychiatrist lady. I'm like, bro, you need to fucking relax. So I have empathy and sympathy for her, but it is very limited. Um, 
when Cyprian shows up to her house while she's being evaluated by the psychiatrist so that she can go back to work, he's touching on glasses and pots and shit and seeing the past and whatever else. And I thought that was pretty cool. But what I what frustrates the fuck out of me is you're now in charge of this woman and I don't know shit about you. Now, again, I'm a, a couple minds. One, it is early in the season. So who knows if we're going to get more of him later, which, spoiler alert, we do. Um, more backstory anyways. And then two, my understanding is that he's an amalgamation of two separate characters in the actual Mayfair Witches books. I, For me, I'm looking at the optics. This black man who was filled with all this great power and magic, if you will, is now charged with taking after this white woman. And like, he's fighting tooth and nail to take care of her. And I'm just like, why? Because in, you know, help me out here, y'all, the Temascula or Temecula Institute or whatever, I'm assuming they're, um, kind of policing and observing supernatural phenomena or magical phenomena. And I'm fine with that. But it feels, I don't know, it just feels, because it feels like nobody's doing work. It feels like he is on this assignment. Then we meet this brown guy who's his, uh, is it Samir? I think that's his name. And he's the kind of go-to person, chief or whatever of Cyprian. But it... I don't get the sense that there are like numerous magical police who are like roaming around protecting people. And so like this big black man tripping over himself to take care of this white woman. I'm like, "Eh, okay. But even if that's your job, he pissed me off too. And maybe this is the fault of the show. Maybe this happened in the book, but everybody is bitching and moaning about giving Rowan, um, letting her, under the veil so she'll know what she's actually dealing with versus keeping her far away from new orleans which that's weird because what happens if this white woman who is a neurosurgeon decided with one of her homegirls like we're gonna go down to mardi gras one year like you can't keep her out of new orleans like what if she just accidentally went because she wanted to go and have a good time like that was so weird but um so he's essentially stalking her seeing her use her power she killed a bunch of crows and a bunch of other shit and she fell asleep on the beach after trying to bury these crows he goes after her when she wakes up in the middle of the night on the beach they touch hands and he goes into like this little shock of a coma or something and she takes his phone uses his face recognition to unlock it and for whatever reason she spends like a whole day and a half just traveling with his phone unlocked. I'm thinking like, I know you have to kind of just accept some things that the show gives you. Cause that's just what it is. But like as an owner of a phone that has face ID, unlocked, like there's no way you can just unlock that phone in that stat. I feel like, and this may be nitpicky. There should have been a scene where she changed his password or deleted his face recognition. Cause like, how else are you now on an airplane traveling to new Orleans still looking through this man's phone has that phone not locked back yet and you can't hold your phone where you're going through tsa check-in like i don't know this may be silly but 
Like this is this is the most unbelievable thing in the show. <laughs> Fuck the magic. This is the thing. So when they um speak again, he is like dead set on being there for her, which I don't think that's an issue for you as a supernatural police. But what pissed me off about him is you've stalked her, you followed her around to make sure she could use her powers and she was safe and whatever else. She knocked you out, you got up, you tracking her down. You've gone through all of this, knowing that her mother died, knowing that her mother reached out to you to to help protect her, and you've taken on the role of protecting her. Why don't you just fucking tell her what the hell is happening to her? That was one of the most frustrating things about these first couple episodes. Rowan is literally losing her fucking mind trying to figure out what this magic shit is. Is she going crazy? Is this shit real? Her mother's dead. Her whole life has been pulled from underneath her. And now she's like swimming and gasping to, to, I don't know, make sense of it all. If you have answers for her, fucking tell her. I don't care if the answer is your mom's a fish and your dad's a cloud and you're a magical being. I don't care how silly it sounds. Say it to her. Leave the thought in her head. She can believe you or not, but say it. Like, he's driving in the car talking about, oh, it's just, well, is there so much more to this? Girl, tell her what the fuck it is. Why is everybody lying to this fucking woman? And then y'all wonder why she, like, is frustrated to know, like, the shit is weird. And I'm like, bro, if you are supposed to protect her, she already got the best of you, knocked your ass out, took your phone, flew 1,100 miles away to New Orleans, and now is parlaying in one of the nicest hotels they have. If she never answered his phone, to which he called his phone, how would you have found her? Like, you don't... Oh, this shit is fucking weird. So he goes to find her by this time. Deidre, her mama, has awakened. The doctor stopped giving her her drugs. So she, in this badass green dress she got from Uncle Cortland, took her ass to the uh, hotel after using Lasher's eyes, demonic eyes, to search the hotel room and walk in. And this, this is the scene that if I decided, if I hadn't decided not to watch the show, would have kept me watching. Deirdre walks into the hotel. Her bitch ass auntie stand up. And this, she's in this room with these other older ladies. And she walks up to her and is like, you got to go back home. We're going to get you medicated, this and that. And she's like, no, fuck that. And then Deirdre's like, if 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 I'm if I'm awakened and conscious, you know he's he is too. Because they always mention Lasher as he or him. They never like really say his name. And she walks away. She gets in the elevator, goes up to the tenth floor, and Rowan leaves out of her room and hits the elevator to go down. They the elevator door is open and they meet. And this moment fucked me Rowan smiles and she says, it's you because she's seen her mother and her visions and shit and in pictures and whatnot. Her mother is standing there, Deidre, in a green dress, looking at her with those glazed over eyes and her throat is split from ear to ear. I shouted i was not expecting that mind you i'm in the bed watching this show pitch black dark in my room just looking up into the screen and i see this shit man i cut the light on so quick i was like fuck this who killed deirdre so i would be interested if i wasn't already fucking not fucking with the show and seeing 
watching this to the end because I'm like, was it Lasher? Was it Cortland? Was it Auntie? I think Auntie is too um, convenient of a of a of a guess, but then maybe not because she pulls some shit later on. That's like if you're willing to kill yourself and your great niece, then maybe you was able to. I don't know. I don't know. So, um, but I truly don't care. I don't care who killed her. So what? But it was so fucked up. So Rowan has oh, the actress. She got these big ass eyes, and they work. They work for her. She got things like ice blue colored pupils, these big ass eyes. And she sold that bloody mess. And I don't know, they get wrapped up in all this shit. And um, then Auntie Corletta, that heifer, she come over and try to take the girl back to the house. But Cortland's like, now nah, you can come with me. It's a whole thing, whatever. I don't give a fuck about none of this anymore. I'm going to fast forward to the point that pissed me off. So there um oh no no ho ho no i do got to continue so rowan is with um with cyprian which i love that name by the way and he takes her back to his house a little safe house and they talk and then some of the other magical fbi niggas come over and they i don't know spray magical fairy dust to protect the building this and that and so cyprian is still like working this active case but him and rowan talk and he's like, hey, you know, stay here, blah, whatever. I got you. Don't leave the house. Let her wash up, change it to this little brown sheen fit and uh, whatever. So because she is stressed, she kind of lashes out at him. She's like, you know what I've been through in this and that. I'm thinking like, out of all the motherfuckers who you've met, who've been introduced on this show, he would know what the fuck you're dealing with. Um, so for some reason he leaves and then there's a, um, knock at the door a little later and this black woman walks in and she's like, Hey, who are you? And then Rowan's like, well, I'm Rowan. Who are you? And she's like, Oh, I'm Odette. You know, this is my brother house. She's like, Oh, okay. She's like, are you dating my brother? He's like, it's like, no, it's a work thing. And she's like, Oh, you know, FBI, blah, blah, whatever. I'll keep your secret. And so Odette is wearing this black outfit, like a black short sleeve blouse and black, I don't know joggers i don't know whatever and so when she turns i didn't notice right away she's pregnant <sighs> rowan says how when uh, how long are you do some shit and she's like do you feel a connection to it because odette explains no this isn't my child i'm a surrogate this is for this gay couple in north new orleans or something she said and so rowan is like well, you know, that baby has a connection to you. And Odette's like, huh? She's like, yeah, you may not have a connection to that baby, but that baby has a connection to you and this and that. And she's like going off on this girl. And I'm thinking like, first of all, bitch, you calm all the way the fuck down. Who in the fuck are you talking to? You in my brother's house. I've not known you from a can of paint. I ain't seen your face a day in my life. I am a pregnant woman, a pregnant black woman who's in the home of my family member and don't need to be questioned by some strange ass pale woman. I would have pushed that bitch in her face and mushed her to the floor. How dare you? And one, if Odette was black, white, Hispanic, Latino, Polynesian, whatever, this is a pregnant woman. Who the fuck gave you the right? And maybe I'm overreacting, but I don't give a damn. I'm going to lean into it. What the fuck is wrong with you? So because you, okay, it's one thing for her and Cyprian to go back and forth, whatever bullshit they dealing with. They're two sides of the same coin. They got powers. They dealing with each other. You don't know this woman from a can of paint. 
You don't know if she's helping out a friend. You don't know if she's down on her luck and she absolutely needs the money that she's going to get from carrying this baby. You don't like there's so many situations that maybe I don't even fathom or can't even consider why a woman would be a surrogate for anyone, especially knowing that carrying a child changes your body. And I'm gonna leave it there because I'm not I don't got no uterus. I'm not a woman. I, whatever. But my thing is, bitch, I'm supposed to just accept all this bullshit you saying to me, this disrespect you giving me in my own brother's home. Because why? This woman ain't did shit to you. So I bring up the black part because again, this is the only the third black person, second black woman, and not a main um, character who. Um, uh, affects the plot up until now now if she does in any of the later episodes i don't care i'm not watching but why in the fuck like instead of just having a regular interaction like oh you're pregnant about whatever or even pull on some of your tears about being an adopted um woman who where people have lied to pull on that talk about some oh you know i i whatever this is what i've been through or just don't do it at all like what the shit was fucking weird as hell and so I'm like, who made this decision? Because one, if it was in the book, uh, and two, why would you keep that? Like, this doesn't, this doesn't make me sympathize with Rowan. It, this is disgusting. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And so for me, <clears throat> black people, when it comes to healthcare, Black people and people of color, but specifically black people, run into issues with healthcare and have a history and a tradition in America with dealing with bullshit with, oh, your pain tolerance is higher. Oh, you're going to get addicted to drugs. or Oh, I'm not going to listen to you. You may say this is this and that, but you must just be a drug addict who wants this is this and that. And then the mortality rate of black women and giving birth like that, like I just for me. It is, it was stupid, it was disgusting, it was bullshit, and it was tone deaf. What are you doing? Ugh, I just, I was like, bitch, this doesn't sympathize me. This doesn't make me give a fuck about Rowan. For all I care, I don't give a fuck if Rowan jumps out of a window, loses her life, and we follow the rest of the series of one of her aunties. I don't care about her. Like, bitch, because you grieving, you get to talk shit like i don't black people already deal with microaggressions all the goddamn time from people like her and so you sitting high on your fucking horse in a home that's not yours that you have no connection to outside of knowing my brother and i'm supposed to accept this shit from you like girl get the fuck out of my face i was i just it's to me it was a wild ass choice when it didn't have to happen you literally could have had odette walk in have the same interaction and have fucking Rowan just cry like, damn, another pregnant woman giving up a baby like I was giving up. We didn't need that interaction. Let her sit with that shit on her own like that. Ugh. Oh, and then when they had the fire alarm and fire drill and everybody had to evacuate the building and we're downstairs and Odette is like still sort of maybe catering to Rowan because she's like. Well, girl, I got to go to work. Are you okay? She's like, oh, well, yeah, because I have an aunt who lives such and such. Where's so-and-so street? And I'm just like, fuck this bitch. Leave this hole right where the fuck she is. You so big and bad. You this motherfucker that worked with my brother. You are a capable, grown-ass person. Figure this shit out on your own. Fuck you. But I will say, I think the relationship um, with race in New Orleans is slightly different. I have a couple friends who are from New Orleans. And not to say that it's entirely different from America at large, but I think the... Um, 
ideals and the situations surrounding around race are slightly different. So I'm not going to speak to that specifically, but the optics of this was terrible. I was, I was done. So my, the final straw that broke the fucking camel's back is the black woman who was the maid. And I remember either tweeting this or mentioning this when I watched the first episode, I said, she's going to die. She's not safe. When we first were introduced to her and it was her, Deirdre, and the the white guy, the doctor, I said, if he stops giving this woman this medicine, in my head or out loud, I don't know, but I'm thinking because this black woman, the the maid, housekeeper, whatever, is one who's administering her food and bathing her and whatever else, she's the one in closest proximity to Deirdre. So if, this is my mind, not knowing the show or the books, if Deirdre comes out of this like catatonic, medically induced state and is like full of power and energy and just like unleashes this woman more times than not is probably going to be the first one, be the closest to her and get attacked. That's not really how it worked out, but we come to learn that her and Deirdre have a close relationship. She kind of sort of raised Deirdre. Um, she'd been the housekeeper for some time or maid. I don't know what her role is, but after Deirdre escapes, that means Lasher is no longer stuck in her mind and he's free to roam. And once she's killed, he's just out there. And so I, I'm assuming he's like a spirit entity, maybe a demon of sorts. And um, we see that there are these locks, these key locks that all the elder Mayfair women had. Deirdre has one, she's killed, whatever, and then Rowan ends up with it. So after Deirdre is killed and we get Aunt Colette, I think that's her name, at the house talking to this other white woman, which I'm very confused about who the fuck this is because I think she was in like a maid's uniform too. But she looks substantially younger than Aunt Colette. She looked the maybe she was about the age of the black woman uh, maid as well. And Colette is laying on her lap and she's like, oh, well, if you want for what she say, if you want Carlotta, I'm sorry, not Colette. Her name is Carlotta. If you want her to her being Rowan to come, let's have a wake for her mother. And we do all that. And I forget the timeline because I watched like three episodes at once. But there is a point in which Carlotta says, I'm going to no, she, the white woman who I think is a maid is like, well, what are we going to do about this shit? And she's like, we're going to bind him to another person. I was thinking, damn, is it going to be the doctor? Like, that's fucked up. You already can't control this motherfucker. And you about to bind him to someone else. So what happens is. She sits down with the uh, maid, the black lady, and she says, you know, Deirdre loved you. You've been with us for a long time back when you were um, you were married back then. Her name is Delphine. The actress is Deneen Tyler Delphine. She's the um, the black maid. And she says, you were with us for a long time and you your your husband was a bad man and this and that like this big info dump of like backstory for delphine and she pulls out the necklace with the like little key charm and she's like here deirdre wanted you to have this and delphine was like uh, no i can't take that that's personal it's an heirloom she was like well even more reason for you to take it and put it on 
And Delphine was like, no, but she eventually put it on because, of course, Delphine knows about Lasher. She knows about him, quote unquote, him. She even heard Deirdre having sex to this man, which let's put a pin in this. Another reason why I was definitely going to stop watching this show prior to this scene. Why the fuck was Lasher having sex with Deirdre? But Rowan on an airplane in the air heading to New Orleans was experiencing that same sexual act. What the fuck is going on here? Like, I am fine with like dark, gothic, out of the box stuff. Like it, like whatever. You're gonna push the boundaries however you can and will with your art. But like at some point we like and it was weird to me because i can't recall anything in the first three episodes that happened to deirdre that rowan felt in time like when deirdre was getting her injections when deirdre was eating like there was never like rowan has this sensation that she's full even though she hadn't ate all day because her mom ate so the first time you introduced this concept of like them maybe sharing a um spiritual body is when she's having sex with lasher that was fucking gross that was gross this shit was fucking disgusting and so i don't know if this is in the original book if so and rice girl get it together because like what the fuck and again not to it's fiction but like also fiction or not this shit is weird why is this the direction we're taking so getting back to delphine so she um Carlotta's like, here, I need you to help me with such and such. And Delphine walks. They both walk to the basement. So they start walking down the steps. And then Carlotta stops at the top of the steps. She's like, oh, I did all I could to protect her. And you knew he was coming and this and that. And bye, bitch. No, she didn't say that. But she said something and just shut the door. And so she effectively was binding or bound Lasher to Delphine. couple scenes later, we see that Delphine in her, because this was early in the morning, they put on like their pajamas and house coat, and she is smashing her face against the basement brick wall. And Carlotta, Colette, whatever the fuck her name is, her and the other white woman who she was speaking to earlier were talking about how, oh, Lasher isn't happy. There have been four black people on this show one died in episode one one Odette showed up just to be a punch a verbal punching bag for Rowan Cyprian is on thin ice of being this token magical negro who's at the beck and call of this white woman and then you have Delphine, who arguably has the most in continuity, um, the most emotional impact because she is tied so closely with um, Deirdre. And you kill her. And then, and, and, and let me be clear as frustrated as I am, I'm, I'm mad at it overall because it's, it's stupid and tone deaf, but even more so because of the nature of her death. Because in my head, yeah, you want to be risque and show gore and this, whatever, do that. That's fine. But 
when Deirdre was going to kill herself, she was about to jump off the balcony. However traumatic that would have been and however upsetting that would have been to have lost the character, that to me is more, I guess, humane because you do it, the act happens, you're done, and it's it's you're you're gone. Now we can deal with the repercussions. Smashing your face into a cement wall over and over for the entirety of a day, and then showing that is fucking disgusting. I will not be watching this show. That's it. And I'm not saying this like, oh, if you watch it, you're a terrible person. Do what you want. And I'm not judging anybody because I felt like the show was starting to pick up. But for me personally, you already have, I'm going to say, a collective of maybe one black person on the show with all the different um, experiences and roles that we have. Because truly, Cyprian is the only main character that's a black person. Um and then you give me Delphine's gruesome fucking suicide murder. But you do it right after you info dump her entire backstory a couple minutes before. What the fuck are we doing? Delphine showed up in the first three episodes. So you mean to tell me there's no way to have incorporated any of that information in the first two episodes and at the beginning of the third episode. There's no way to have Delphine talk to the doctor and talk about, oh, you know, I've been with Miss Deirdre for so long. Uh, we saved each other. She was um, haunted by her aunts and I was her safe place and she was my safe place because my husband was... Like, there was no way to incorporate any of this shit earlier so I could have some sort of emotional connection to her. You info dump this shit from the same evil bitch that probably killed her own niece five minutes, if that, before having this woman murder herself. I was like, this shit is fucking tone deaf. What about this? Who's in the writer's room? Who's the creative team? What about this makes sense? What about this feels as if a black person wants to see this bullshit? Like, you consume media to... If, well, you consume it for a bunch of different reasons, but you want that escape. I loved Interview with the Vampire. I thought it had its issues, its problems, but overall it was a good series. They did a really good job with addressing some of the things that I felt like, and I'm sure many other black people felt like, well, how the fuck is this the case if this man is black and this man is white and we in the 1910s? Ain't y'all gay? Come on. So I feel like they did a much better job at addressing some of this stuff. Yeah, I still have my gripes with the show. Things that I was like, oh, this is fucking ridiculous. But come the fuck on. We're looking at two entirely different shows. How is this okay? How the fuck is this okay? Like, bruh, I don't. And then after Delphine is dead, beat herself to a pulp where like, there's no head left. Like there's maybe part of a skull and some hair and this pool of blood. Carlotta and the same white woman who is, I think she, I don't know who this woman is. I think she's a maid. They're in the basement and Carlotta is digging in this woman's like mush of a brain left to try to find the necklace, the amulet that, Lasher, I think, is like trapped in and it's not there. So no, nothing about let's clean this up. Let's let's talk to her family. Let's it wasn't even like, OK, we got to dispose of the body, which that's not great. But like, let 
at least address this body here. You're so focused on this goddamn amulet. It's like, oh, look at this black woman. Oh, well, she served her purpose. Like, what the fuck? And this bitch is... Hmm. This woman has been your maid, housekeeper, whatever, for at the very least 30 years. Because we know that Deirdre has been in a uh, catatonic state for 30 years. And then I think she they did this to her about 17. So at least 47 years. But she means that little to you? Like, I can't get with this. I'm sorry, I can't. I already have an issue consuming media at large when there's no black woman present. Because when I when I watched Bird Box and I rewatched it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you claim diversity and having this diverse cast? And I'm not even saying there needs to be a black woman in every single thing that is produced. I'm not saying that. But how in the hell do you manage to get everybody else but black women? And then in this shit... The first black woman killed off. The second one shamed for being a surrogate mother. How the fuck dare she? And then this third one who is arguably, again, the most emotional, emotionally um, powerful. And I say powerful just meaning like she's kind of the nexus being. She's been around forever and a day. Um, and you just kill her off like this. Like, oh, this shit was gross. I'm, I'm, I do not apologize for being disgusted with this goddamn show. So. That being said, I will not be continuing on with Mayfair Witches. If any of you guys do and you see that Louis or Claudia or Lestat have shown up in there, you know, let me know. But I won't be watching this shit. Like, how the fuck do you get this so wrong? And even if Delphine was to pop back up in a later episode, I do not give a fuck. Like, what? What? The optics, yo. Like, what? Like, what? I don't know, man. I just I just think that the shit was handled poorly and the show to me there's no redeeming factor after this. And then I um tried to start watching episode 4 and it looks like after Rowan and Cyprian like held hands so he could see into her past and gifts and shit, like the next episode she has a sex dream where him and her are fucking. I'm just like, who the fuck is this show for? Cause it ain't for me. And I don't know how many fucking black people this is for. And if it's for you, go ahead and watch it and have your fun. But I will not. I'll just kindly wait until we get interview with the vampire season two. And I'll devote all my fan stand fandom energy into that. Cause this bullshit will not, my eyes will not grace this bullshit at all. I, I, I can't. There's, ugh. Just Mayfair Witches is a bunch of bullshit. Um, but if you guys do continue to watch and you feel like, you know, there's some things that happen that's like, oh, you got to watch this, you got to do that. That's fine. You can even tell me what those things are. But like as it stands now, Mayfair Witches did not exist. And I'm patiently waiting for Interview with the Vampire Season 2. So that has been my conclusion about this show. Um, hope you guys are well, enjoying yourselves, watching things that it, you enjoy, and uh, staying safe and all that good stuff. If you'd like to reach out to me, please do so on Twitter, Carefree Blur, TikTok, Carefree Blur, and on YouTube, Carefree Black Nerd. If you'd like to email me, that's carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Give me a shout. Give me a ring. Let me know what it's all about. Do some things. And uh, speak to me. Let's keep this conversation going. Um about other stuff not this shit uh so hit me up uh use the hashtag cbn pod if you got some things you want to discuss on social media i'll be checking that and you can get your thoughts out ask me questions answer some questions and if you are into mayfair witches like enjoy it i don't 
again, I felt as if this show had started to improve a bit. So I know that, well, I could assume that it probably gets much better. But you guys enjoy it. Have a good time. We're going to find some other witchy stuff. And meet me back here for the next installment of Carefree Black Nerd. And definitely back here when we get into Interview with the Vampire Season 2. And if there's some DC Marvel comic book stuff that you got going on or that you've learned about, hit me up. Let me know. And uh, that's that. So until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. And I don't know. Meet me back here. (laughs) All right, y'all.